Hello and welcome. I am delighted to spend this hour with you. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Coach Debbie. I come to you live every Thursday, four o'clock Pacific time, so we can talk about the stories you are writing and the stories you live by. And maybe, maybe the stories you are committing to print and publishing, whatever it is you are doing with your stories, I would love to support you in your journey. Today, we are going to talk about the power of starting. A lot of people give power to the idea of starting over. And I really want to emphasize that starting over has a lot of weightiness to it, sometimes feelings of guilt and shame. But starting, starting has a certain freshness about it. It it feels like you're very intentional. As my friend Don likes to say, you're lacing up your shoes and you're going out into the day. And really, starting means that you're focused on what's right in front of you. Starting over, <laughs> I tell you, my shoulders, just, just in saying starting over, my shoulders get heavy. My back starts to slump over. It just feels big and weighty. feels like you're taking so much of your past with you while you're just trying to be in the day. I honestly don't think starting over works. So I'm going to talk to you about the subtle difference in language between starting over and starting. But I'm going to talk to you about the profound differences in your experiences. And again, I'm really, really rooting for the idea of starting so we're going to talk about that today. And I have to thank several people for inspiring me to do this topic. I have received, I'm just going to read these to you. These are straight out of my email. I received a note from Jill and way down into the note, she said, I began writing 15 years ago, but I never did anything with it. I took a few classes and I kept everything, but I guess I just have to start over again. But what if I fail again? How can I start over and do it right this time? You know, when I read that uh, from this gal, Jill, who's brand new in my life, I just thought, wow, this idea of I have to start over, but what if I fail again? You know, honestly, it, if I'm starting something and I'm thinking about my failures, I'm not going to be in that lineup of starting something new for very long at all. She even topped off that paragraph by saying, how can I start over on the right foot this time? And my advice on that is, let's just start. I also heard from, I'm going to keep him anonymous, but I heard from someone dear to me who said, I don't even think I kept what I was working on in those years, but that stuff wasn't great anyway. Maybe I just need to start over. 
but not now, definitely after the summer. <laughs> and what I took away from this, are, are you noticing these people are using the term starting over? I mean, it's completely what inspired today's show. Um, you know, he's saying, uh, I might need to start over, but but not now. <laughs> you know, like summer's too good for for bringing on that kind of energy. We don't want to start over and put a damper on summer. Yeah, yeah. And that's because starting over is heavy, heavy duty stuff. I was even talking with Rita. Rita is my beloved neighbor, and she also owns the house I live in. And she she said, I just can't find time anymore. And I feel so guilty. It's not that I'm just not writing. I'm also not even reading. But maybe after the holidays, I could just start from scratch. Will you be available then? So in this sweet little email from her, I see someone who has done things for you know, decades of her life. She is so accomplished with her grandchildren and her career that she has retired from for several years now. She was a special ed teacher. She also spent time as a lifeguard. God only knows what else. You should see her garden. And yeah, her grandkids are probably here three days out of the week. She loves and adores them. So I'm not surprised she doesn't have time to read, let alone write. But she's thinking that the first available moment to do either of those will be after the holidays. And if <laughs> all of this just makes me giggle, so bear with me. But if you're listening to the live show right now, you know we are planted firmly in July well after the holidays, that's half a year away. So the notion of starting over is not only heavy, but it's being pushed out into the future. Why? Because we don't do heavy things today, right? I don't. I don't want to do big, heavy, awesome chores today. I, I would much, much prefer to look at those later on. I mean, give me something more manageable today. So these three notes, as well as some very recent conversations I've been in, I'll tell you a little more about those conversations as we get deeper into the show, because they're all related to my writer's retreat. But, but I've just had this wonderful opportunity to have these touch points with people. And I, I discovered this theme. People are really thinking about the theme of starting over. So I wanted to do a show on it. That's what we're going to be talking about today. If this resonates with you in any way and you'd like a little coaching, please feel free to call in. The number is 1-888-298-5569. 
Eric will answer the phone and make sure we get connected and we have our opportunity to talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. My topic today is the notion of starting rather than starting over. Oh, But if there's something else on your mind you want to talk about, we can do that. You can also write to me on Facebook Messenger and you could write to me at my professional page, which is Coach Debbie, and that's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, Coach Debbie. Or you could write to me at my personal page, and that's Debbie Handrich. Handrich is just like it sounds. It's H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H, and Debbie is D-E-B-B with a Y. D-E-B-B-Y. So that's what we're up to today. What are you up to wherever you are in the world? I wonder if you have thoughts of how wonderful and delightful it would be to luxuriate on retreat. This is something I think about night and day. Truly, I do. I'm offering a writer's retreat, but I'm starting to think I shouldn't call it that because we're not going to do a whole lot of writing. We will do some, definitely. And we will do some miraculous method intaking around my style of how you get really, really organized around memoir and story so that you... You get the first 30% of the project out of the way early on. We're going to look at the method for that. And anyone that wants to go on and enroll in a writing program after that or a VIP day after that with me one-on-one, or if if you just want to take the big plunge as some others have, and is so delightful, we can sign you up for a six-month one-on-one mentorship to write your book. And the mentorship for six months does not mean you must finish your manuscript by the end of six months, but it does imply that that would be a remarkable amount of time to give to one manuscript. And I do say remarkable because what I mean is you're, you're going to show up on a weekly basis. Each week, you are going to be applying either method or style. And I'll go into that more uh, with you one-on-one. But the, the whole idea is that for six months, You're going to get 90 minutes a week to really, really invest in what's going on with your manuscript, what precisely you need help with, and what my vision is as the outsider with professional background at looking in at your topics and really helping you hone your skills in six months' time. Back to the retreat, though, I was thinking it could be a little misleading calling it a writer's retreat because, like I said, we're going to look at method for sure. 
And I'm just going to watch little light bulbs go off in your mind. You're going to say, my gosh, I really didn't know that you could knock out 30% of the task in just a few days, but you can't. You can. And I feel really good about my method. But what we're going to spend a lot of the retreat time on is luxuriating. Oh, because this is where life really, really is. And we are going to luxuriate around your story, of course, but also just around the notion of what does it mean to take care of your spirit and be in a sanctuary that allows you to just completely relax and be in the comfort of a small community that cares about something you care about too, your stories. It really is amazing when you get around people that are doing something similar that you're doing, you have a, a sort of, of instant affinity with people. It's a beautiful thing. But we're not going to lift a finger on this retreat. There are lovely chefs that are going to make sure we are fed to our heart's desire. The room we are, are booking is just very, very comfortable and inviting. But then you're also going to have this really high-end room that is all yours, or perhaps you're going to share it with your sweetie, or maybe you're going to decide to bring your daughter or your bestie on this retreat. And this room has, you know, either two doubles that are just going to feel like a pink cloud or a king bed. They, they have balconies. These rooms have soaking tubs. And they also have a fireplace, which might be just a perfect, perfect thing to start your early morning if that's how you like to do things or to lull you into sleep. This retreat is October 14 and 15. And right now, right now, right now, right now, if you're thinking one night just isn't enough, I want to add on a second night. I am happy to give you my friends and family re, um, retreat little discount. And it goes a long, long way because these rooms, I've never ever, I've paid some pretty good money at, at conferences for a real nice room. But uh, that was usually because it was part of the per diem and <laughs> it all worked out great and in my favor. But out of my own funds, I have never, ever paid for rooms that are this nice and this high up on the pay scale. So as a retreat leader, I get quite a deal. And I'm going to pass that on to you if you would like a second night. Of course, the retreat fees include that one night that goes along with the retreat and all your meals and all the comforts of the room and all of the materials I'll be bringing to the retreat. But that, that extra night, that's when the rest of the people are going to be going home and 
you or you and your loved one can stay on a little longer and bask in all that the resort has to offer you. So let me know with an email or with a call or a little note on Facebook that you were listening right here on Story You Talk Radio and you are ready to receive that special discount. We'll talk about what you have in mind in your future as a writer, and we'll make sure that discount gets passed on to you. So let's talk just a little bit more before we go to our first break, just for about 30 seconds here. When you have started over with something, let's say it's uh, maybe a new location, maybe it was after a relationship, maybe it was educational. When you have started over, just the thought, I have to start over, how did it feel? And how long did it take you to get your momentum because you were starting over? (gasps) Oh, I have tragic stories around this, but I have really, really success-oriented stories when I learned the magic of starting. What does it mean to start? I want to help you understand this. So let's take a break here so I can check in and see if you're writing in and we're going to come right back. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Hi, I'm Nathan Mum, host of Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum on KKNW. Tech Time Radio's live show is Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. And you can always check us on the web at techtimeradio.com. Our segmented stylized radio gives you the breaking news before it hits mainstream media. Join myself and Mike Rodea as we'll make you laugh. That's good. Hooked on phonics worked for you, didn't it? (laughs) Just a little bit. And learning something new in technology, join us Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m. and Thursdays from 6 to 7 a.m. The technology show for the everyday common person. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie. And today we are looking at the stories you're writing and even the stories you're living by. And we're considering the power of starting, but not the power of starting over, because that that can often be a weighty, weighty power that just feels like it's working against you. There's a lot of power, however, in starting starting right here. I was telling you, my friend Don likes to say, you know, it's about lacing up your shoes and showing up. And it really is. I love, love that line. I think that's a a t-shirt line. I I might even need to get printed on a t-shirt. 
Just lace up your shoes and show up. This idea that you're not carrying the baggage or the past or the notion of the mistake or the failure, you're not bringing that with you as you start over. You're starting from right here. And right here is usually a decision. It's usually something fresh that's part of the new. It's usually something that says, I'm giving myself permission to do it this way right now. This is how I want to do it right now. And it doesn't really matter if it's a book you're writing or if it's a new city you're going to go live in. You've made a decision that you're going to start. I think everyone believes that anytime you make a mistake, you almost need to mm, like do a little penance for that. I, I recently ran into a man that told me a story, and it, it really touched my heart that on the one hand, he had started fresh again, but on the other hand, he wasn't yet really releasing himself from his past. It, it just seemed to be this ball and chain of how he felt he had failed his children. And yet he, he just kept saying, but you know, I got, I got this new opportunity to, to take on a whole new career and, you know, a whole new state, whole new area. And so that's working out. That's going well. And it just it just helps me accept that whatever my my son decides, I mean, I know I failed him in ways, but he's older now. But yeah, oh gee. And and it was sort of this back and forth, almost like almost like he was trying to talk himself into the idea that he had sat around and hurt long enough. And if he went into this new career mode and really didn't really didn't focus too much on the fact that his adult son was now on his own and had to make his own decisions. And, you know, we, we just won't look at that anymore. And we just won't blame ourselves for it anymore. I could just really hear that he, he was doing his best to throw the jury out. And for years and years, he had really been listening to the jury and listening to the verdict that he had been guilty along the way for not giving more time and attention and guidance and everything to his son while he was very, very, very busy in business. So, I had a lot of compassion for where he was coming from, but I also, I just said to him, you are starting fresh. You are starting with another career, one that might not be so uh, weighty on your mind and, and take you far from the people you love. But what if, what if you started that new career already feeling free and fresh and new with it. What if you did that? 
but he couldn't really wrap his head around it in that in that initial conversation. To him, the good would show up later. He would he would prove by being good in this new career that all all worked out in the end. And um, I just I just could see a real ball and chain attached to him. Think about your own life. What is it like for you when you let's let's just take your writing for a moment. When you look over your writing and you think, wow, I wrote this. Oh, a year ago, I wrote this four years ago. I wrote this eight years ago. (laughs) And you start to wonder, how come I didn't do more with this when I was writing this? That's a real great way to start to bring in the idea that somehow you failed at that time and that somehow you need to pay your penance and you're going to have to start over over. I mean, think of things that you have gotten over. Were they easy? No, 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 no. I think of, I think of things that I finally, finally really feel like, oh, I think I got over whatever that was. You know, recently, I feel like I got over terrible injury that went on for over two years. And I mean, in a way, I'm starting now to take on weightlifting. I'm starting. But see, if I told myself that I'm starting over with weightlifting, I think I'd feel the pain of the injury again. I really do. Do you do this with your writing when you look at it and you think, I wrote that a year ago. I wrote that four years ago, eight years ago, 18 years ago. Do you feel like something more should have happened then? And since it didn't, you're going to have to pay the price and start all over some all again. That's not going to help. I promise, I promise it's not going to help. You're talking to someone who has, well, you're listening to someone who has experience with this. My dear friend Steve and I went to lunch recently and I was noticing how here he is stepping into retirement and I was looking at his face. I even asked him if I could take a couple pictures of him because He is so youthful in his face. It's where, you know, he smiles. He has bright eyes. He, his joy really comes through his face. And one thing that I know about Steve, because he and I worked in a similar college system, is that every 90 days, you start a new quarter with new students. And Steve and I have had many, many conversations about this. I don't think we did on our most recent lunch, but I, I was just noticing how much I enjoy his smile. And later I was thinking, you know, he and I know very well 
the experience of typically January 5th and April 2nd and June 22nd and September 25th. I mean, those are just common days that the new quarter would begin. We would start. We didn't start over. We started. We started. We had sometimes a new classroom. We had often brand new students we had never met before and some that you referred to as returning, meaning that in a previous quarter, they had taken a different class from you and they decided to return. And hopefully it was because they liked your teaching style, not because everyone else was all filled up. <laughs> Usually that was the case, but you were starting, you were starting a new quarter. You might be bringing in some content that you've used before, a book maybe that you've used several times before, worksheets that were tried and true, but you weren't starting over. You were starting. There was a certain freshness and aliveness in that first day. Now, now just talking on about this, I'd like to share with you an experience I had in my early, early days of starting new quarters with students. Honestly, it, it may have only been the second quarter I ever taught, but I'm not sure. Somewhere around there, definitely in the first year, I noticed that I would, I would look out at the classroom on the very first day for a teacher. It's just so exciting. You're starting. Here's a whole of students. And I can remember looking out and seeing that there were some people that were not looking happy at all to be there. They didn't want to start. So I formulated this, what I called the first day interview. And it was just basically a few questions and we'd get to it the last 15 minutes or so of class on that first day. And it's just me asking some basic questions like, you know, what, what has been your experience as a writer? Do you think of yourself as a writer or do you think of yourself as someone who has a lot to learn about writing? Or I might ask them, do you feel like you tend to do well when you're asked to read? Or do you feel like you tend to have a big challenge in front of you when you ask, are asked to read? But as I went on with this first day interview, one day it occurred to me to ask the question, have you had happy experiences in your writing classes. And someone, someone was very, very frank with me in his answer. And I found that there were some people that sort of dodged the bullet. Like they, they didn't want to find out they were going to get a bad grade. In fact, they, they'd say that, you know, I don't really want to answer this question because I don't want to get a bad grade. But yeah, there have been some writing classes, especially in high school, where 
I didn't feel like I was doing well. And um, I hope it's not held against me, but I even dropped one class. And those, those were often those students that on the very first day when we were starting, they, they weren't looking their best. And I bet you, I bet you they were thinking they were starting over. They came to the class weighted down and they, they came there needing more. They needed to be nurtured. They needed to find out that they didn't have to reconcile everything that had ever happened in a reading and writing class in order to be here at the start of a brand new quarter with a brand new teacher at a brand new school, there was, there was nothing they had to reconcile in order to start fresh. But you could see it. You could see it on the faces of those students. And I'm so glad I asked those questions. Honestly, the only thing that inspired me to do so was that I was having a great day, a great first day of the quarter, and I could see that there were some students, no matter what I said, even if I pulled out my best jokes, they weren't having it. There was something really heavy going on for them. They weren't experiencing lacing up their shoes and showing up for a fresh day of class. They were somewhere else. And I see this in my writing business now. I feel this when certain people come to me and say, I hope you won't give up on me. I really want to work with you. But oh my God, this isn't the first time I have started over. And I think, wow, wow, that heaviness that they owe something. And yet, if I go in my journals, I see it there too. I see those times when I thought, you know, I'm just going to have to start fresh, fresh on this entire notion that I can publish my fiction. I'm just, maybe all of this just needs to, you know, go in a shredder. I can, I can go back to my journals and see that on really dark days, I wrote things like that. The good news is that that's not my, my general MO of how I feel about my writing, but it is slipped in some of those pages on some of those really dark days where I was worried if anything I write is ever going to leave my desk and get out there, it's going to be because I started over. And the heaviness I would read in my own writing. Again, it wasn't my, oh, my typical response to my writing, but it did happen. And because it happened, it helped me be available to those students that were scared that they were going to have to start fresh start all over again. Instead, what I want to help you understand is that starting is not the energy of starting over. So think about that. See if you have a question for me. We're going to take our 
second break here, and then we'll come back for the last segment of the show. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the notion of starting rather than starting over. Oh, starting over pain. Oh, no. Before we go diving back into that, I just want to tell you, I have some programs on offer got a retreat coming up in the fall. It's going to be a wonderful time for you to really relax, really enjoy learning a little bit about the methods that can catapult you into story, but we're not actually going to be writing your story at the retreat. We're instead going to bask in a whole lot of luxury that sounds good to you, you should get in touch with me because all of a sudden that early bird special is running out and people are claiming their tickets. So just send me a DM in Facebook. You can send it to Coach Debbie and that's D-E-B-B-Y. You can also go to my, oh, what do you call those things? I can't think of the name. Website. (laughs) You can go to my website which is www.coachdebbie.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. When you get there, just click on connect. And that'll allow you to just fill in a couple fields with your name and how to find you. And we can have a conversation and make sure that this retreat is just right for you. I also have a 90-day writer's program coming up. That is for the person that wants to dive in and do some writing. I have what's called a VIP day. I've kind of stretched my VIP days into a VIP month, which actually means there will be a big day that we get together either on Zoom or, of course, at a luxury place in person. Uh, But you have access to one-on-one communication while you're really, really working out some, some part of your writing business or your book or your brand. We really get into that and work on that together for a very dedicated 30 days. So if any of that sounds good to you, or if you are in the mood to really dive in and save some money, I have bundles available. And just go ahead and ask, if you tell me you learned about these from Story You Talk Radio, there's an extra discount as well. 
So I would love, love, love to hear from you. And like I said, the uh, retreat, did I say the retreat dates? They are October 14 and 15, 2021. And then I don't yet have the dates for 2022. So let's get back into our topic. I think it is so, so important to realize that when you are starting something, you feel fresh. When you are starting over, you might have a heaviness in your speech. Your face might crinkle up. Your voice might even sound like a worn out old guy. And that's not where you want to be. But if you know, if you know you're starting fresh, one of the number one things that happens is you feel this expectancy that it's going to work out. It could be that you're starting fresh because you are back to writing in the morning. It's not that you've taken everything you've ever wrote and you put it on your desk and you started one morning. That's starting over. More it's that you started by saying, you know, I stepped away from being a writer for a long time. I'm going to get back at my desk. I'm going to bring a nice, fresh notebook to my desk. Maybe I'm going to bring a few things that I wrote in the past to inspire me. But it's not this heavy, heavy wandering through the old that will hopefully help you pay your penance and move you on to the new. It's not that. Maybe your starting takes place in the form of realizing that the reason it didn't go so well in the past was that your routine wasn't working for you. So instead, you start with something you've never done before. You know, something I started this year to help me with my writing? I started making a date with myself, and that is at 7 p.m., I walk. I live in Seattle where there's so much light in the sky between May and September. And so seven to eight o'clock at night is a wonderful time to walk. And the months, May, June, July, August, September, we have glorious weather. I know we tell you all that it rains like cats and dogs, but the secret is those five months are pretty darn good. So I walk. And why do I walk? Because it was a fresh start for me at finding that writer inside of me that really enjoys blogging. I had forgotten about her. I had sort of left her behind. I had just felt like I'm blogging to the whole world and no one's listening. And I'd prefer to blog to a small community that engages with me. But I didn't want to I didn't want to believe that thing I had told myself that I'm blogging to the whole world and no one's listening. It just just sounded ridiculous. And the longer I hung out there, the more I realized I just want a fresh start. I don't want to start over. I just want to start fresh. And maybe what I need is some sort of routine for a few months 
that just helps me give into that ease of writing the blog in the evening. How might that feel? And I'll tell you this, it's feeling really nice. But I didn't start with the idea that I had to start over with my writing. I started by thinking about how I was feeling. And I noticed I was feeling heavy. So I started walking. I started making a date with myself. And honestly, it has made an incredible difference. What might you start? Maybe, maybe it's something very direct with writing, like writing with a different pen, like getting away from that desk where you find yourself hunched over and writing outside on your patio. Maybe it's not starting with a writing bit, but it's starting with something else, like going on the evening walk. Maybe it's starting by having a gym date. Maybe if you were in shape and feeling that oxygen really, really moving through you while you're not at the gym, you would feel more inclined to be with your writing. I know this. I write better when I'm taking good care of my health but I didn't know that for about 45 years of my life. I, I absolutely didn't know that. And I find it really interesting that I was, I bet you're going to find this interesting too. At that time in my thirties and forties, I was married to a man who wrote the first four hours of his morning. I've never been able to do that. I've never been able to write that long. And I, I don't think that's my style, but it was his. But he also, when he'd finish his job at two o'clock in the afternoon, he would go and work out for two and a half hours a day. The only day he took off was Sunday. And I think that's because the gym was closed. I mean, he had this relationship of working out and taking excellent care of his body via weightlifting and Tai Chi classes and Hatha yoga and basketball. Those were his main things. And every day at 5.45 in the morning, he was sitting at the kitchen table with his cat writing every day, every day. The gym might've been closed on Sunday, so he didn't go there, but he was writing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day. It was understood that that was what he did. And I'll tell you this, I might not have figured out that I needed to be at the gym to try out that and just see what it was like to start having a healthy relationship with my body and seeing how that translated to writing. I didn't think of that, know that, desire that. But I'll tell you this, what I did notice is when he went to the kitchen, he took with him his pen, his cat, his cup of tea, and three sheets of white unlined paper every time. He started fresh. 
And I don't really know enough about his writing process. It was a very quiet, isolating thing he did. I don't really know if there was this, a point where he would pull out old writing and all that. I, I don't know. But I can tell you this. When I would see him walk into the kitchen, that's what he took with him. Three sheets of white, unlined paper. He started fresh. I learned that. I learned that just from watching him. When we feel like we have to start over, we're really going against this metaphor that my friend Annette has really spoken about with me. And I need to bring this into more, more of the conversations you and I have. But she talked to me about how we are we are seed planters. And you know how seeds work. Seeds, they go into the soil. You want them to be planted in rich soil. You're very intentional about where you plant them. I mean, seeds work as a very, very good metaphor because they're meant to be nurtured by your watering and the quality of soil that you have purchased. But you can't, you can't have a conversation with the seed after you've put it in the ground. And, and you have to wait for it to do its work and bear that fruit. I can remember being a little kid and my dad would take us into the garden and, you know, we would plant carrots and I'd plant strawberries and plant all these things from seed. And it was so neat to have these little tiny packages that you could shake. And they made this, this, um, oh, they made this really neat sound. I, I really liked it as a child. And they'd have beautiful strawberries on the package. I loved strawberries. And you'd put your seeds in the ground just so, and, and you'd water them, you'd pat the ground. And, and then it would just take forever for those strawberries to come up and look like they did on the package. To me, it just seemed like a big old ripoff like, why are we doing this? Why don't we just go to the grocery store and get some real strawberries? Why are we doing it this way? Well, I didn't know all the backstory at the time. I, I didn't know his values around frugality and his idealism that organic gardening would serve him well. I, I also didn't know the income level we were living at. I didn't know that it was a privilege to go to your garden and have food instead of doing what we would have had to do otherwise, which was be on food stamps. I didn't know any of those stories as a young girl. But what I did know was that seeds, if, if, if you could bear the idea that they needed all this care and time, Oh my goodness, those strawberry seeds in San Diego, California produced wonderful strawberries. There was, there was this time, though, that <laughs> there was this time my brother and I, we snuck over to the garden the minute we saw the strawberries coming in, tiny, tiny little strawberries that were 
kind of orange in color and oh they just you know they didn't look like the garden but they really 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 they they tempted us and so we went and we picked all of them and uh they were very very sour didn't do it for us at all but we didn't understand <laughs> that again those seeds they they were working on providing for us, but they just needed more time. Now, see, what happens is when we start something, we, we come to it fresh. We don't bring all that baggage of the old, but we have to find our way of knowing that we're in a season of growth. When you start something, whether you're starting a new blog or you're starting a new writing class or in, in the story of your life, you're starting rehab after an injury, you're starting a new relationship, you're starting a new job, you have to realize that each day, each day when you lace up and show up, you're really allowing for the day to blossom, but you're also planting a seed. And you're not focusing on the seeds from seasons back, from the losses, from the pain. It's not to say that you're not learning from whatever lessons came from that. Of course, you want to continue learning. But by starting fresh, you are committing to the day. You're committing to how good something can be. And you're letting something grow. And that just feels good. I hope this has motivated you to start instead of start over. Let's talk more about this. I'm here every Thursday, 4 o'clock Pacific time. I wish you a wonderful week. And until next time, namaste, my friends.